Welcome to Meetings with Remarkable Educators. This podcast is brought to you in part by you, our friends and supporters at patreon.com slash remarkableeducators. Each podcast is a dialogue between me, Ba Lovemore, and an educator who sees the greatness in their students and touches the whole of their being. These educators defy generalizations, so here's a little bit about what they've done and how I know them. Today's guest, Jeffrey Flaum, touches me in so many personal ways. First, he spent from 1968 to 2002 in New York City public schools, bringing one of the most innovative, self-reflective music and writing programs primarily concerned with writing to the widely diverse students in the public school in which he worked. Second, he and I share a bit of a similar background in that you'll hear it in our voices and in the joy and excitement that we have when talking with one another. And third, as you'll hear, the man's heart just vibrates with love for life and love for children. I'm so excited today to be interviewing and working and dialoguing with Jeffrey Flaum. All right. Welcome, Jeffrey, and thank you for coming on Meetings with Remarkable Educators. And having looked at your background a little bit and knowing some sort of mutual acquaintances or people who have inspired us, it's a tremendous honor to have you with us. No, thank, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here and that you're uh, putting me on the show here for the interview. I appreciate it, really. All right. Well, I just like to start by asking you, what would you like us to know? Well, um, I I want you to know that I look through uh, all of your work that's online there with Love More Consulting and uh, about uh, natural learning relationships, and um, there are it, 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 we're coming from very similar spots. Um, the difference is that I, I'm in the classroom or was in the classroom with like 35, 37 or sometimes 40 kids. Uh, not, I think you do a lot of uh, parental work, parent-child work. So, but it's all, in, for me, it's all about internal education and um, developing self-awareness and self-discovery, self-understanding, self-knowledge. Uh, that eventually leads to uh, self motivation. There's a lot of self words in there, but that's that that <laughs> I, I I I want it like like your program to get it from uh, the inside out, get it from the from the kids, and not uh, from me. Uh, uh, you know, uh, putting it into a, a child. Yeah, and just to set the record straight, I mean, Josette and I have started and. <laughs> been running three schools and spent many hours in the classroom oh. and many hours in public school classrooms, but that's okay. Let's just leave that alone. But thank you for looking. And that's, I really am honored. And, and I do agree. And I think you, you also use the term self-knowledge, which is the term we use as well. Mm, right. Right. And you use it in a special way, don't you? Isn't know thyself part of, how does all that work with exactly what you do? The program, the contemplation writing program that, that I use, which is simply uh, putting on some music, popular music uh, for 10 minutes, and the kids contemplate uh, 
inner experiences and uh, then write about it and then we discuss it uh, uh, amongst ourselves. And but at at, at the end uh, of the uh, program, towards uh, I have two evaluations in mid year and in June where I, I throw out uh, quotations and one of the quotations is know thyself because that's the, the one of the main ideas of, of the whole program is to get into yourself and know where you're coming from and uh, and how you deal with yourself and uh, and how that works its way out um, to, to other yeah. people <laughs> right. in your, your relationships. <laughs> All right. So let's return. Yeah. So tell us again. So start with, um, okay, so how did you end up in a classroom? Uh, well, I took uh, credits uh, early on in uh, at Queens College, ed courses and psych courses and SOS courses and writing courses and I wound up uh, teaching. Um, it wasn't my first choice. I, I wanted to become a, a psychologist, but uh, was having difficulties, uh, not in my coursework, you know, but uh, so uh, I, I never eventually went back to get a master's or anything. So I taught and I, and, and I enjoyed it. And, uh, uh, and I made up for it by creating the, uh, these programs in emotional intelligence and social and emotional learning and reading, thinking, forget about it, and values, uh, <laughs> character ed. And a lot, again, a lot of, a lot of it falls in line with what, what you guys do there. So, well, how, what, what's the draw though? I mean, it's pretty easy to fall into a traditional curriculum and then you get the, the payoff of, you know, the tenure and the pensions mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all that. But yeah, you went up against all that. So, and what year did you start in all that, by the way? <laughs> well, I started actually in 68. Yes. Yeah, so you did really go up against it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I've been up against everything in, in teaching there. And uh, my school has a whole history, which I, not uh, a great history, but, uh, uh, you know, but I, I, the traditional, methods I, I mean first of all uh, they were boring and uh, and, I, and I think the kids were bored with it too and but also um, I found that uh, I was teaching to uh, to uh, no audience nobody was present I, I never I didn't get the feel that they were there with me because they were bored and bummed out with uh, with with basically I think traditional teaching so I started developing programs that uh, would get them into present time, into the present moment, to concentrate. Folk, uh, I have a whole uh, book on concentration exercises and uh, that uh, will, uh, you know, develop a, a concentration and focus uh, uh, internally, you know, without me, you know, yelling, you know, you're not, you're not paying attention. One of the uh, aspects of your work that has touched me deeply as I've learned about it and understood it is your emphasis on self-reflection inside it, with the students with whom you work. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, the self-reflection, I, I pretty much want them to get into their heads and to see what's, what's happening and uh, um, about themselves and, you know, get into their uh, motivations and, you know, why they're doing things or why they're not doing things, why they're in school and why they're learning and 
to basically give them, uh, you know, a purpose and, and, and a meaning. Uh, and the, the reflections um, get them, you know, thinking about their lives. You know, I don't mind them going, I want them to go backwards in order to go forwards. Right. So what and what medium are you using? You're using you started using writing as a medium to do this. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the contemplation music writing project, that's the foundation project. And simply said, uh, I played some music for the kids. Um, they put their heads down their desk, closed their eyes for 10 minutes. Um, and when the music w was over, um, they reflected on what happened. They, they contemplated their inner experiences during this time. Um, and then they wrote a, about uh, their inner experiences and followed up by a, a class discussion. We, we read the contemplations, sometimes anonymous. I read them without names and stuff. And I asked questions, uh, you know, about the, uh, the writings. But this, the program that I developed from contemplation writing is called reflection writing. And I took the uh, cold themes from the kids' re uh, contemplations uh, and made them into reflections and gave them a handful of choices to pick. You know, write about, uh, recall a time when you um, had an argument with your friend uh, and so on and so forth. And if, and if they couldn't, uh, find, uh, you know, a suitable theme for themselves. I said, just, you know, make up a theme, uh, uh, a reflection theme. So that all came out of contemplation. Um, fantastic. Well, how would you have uh, chosen the music? Because music can really uh, affect our mood in so many strong ways. And mm -hmm. how, so, so how did you do that? Yeah, the... Uh, I'm not sure if I spoke about this at one other time, but originally uh, when, when the kids came back from lunch, they were like nuts. So um, I put on uh, uh, Billy Joel albums, which was not the favorite of uh, Latino and uh, African-American kids. I imagine it isn't. No, yeah. They were, you know, the, you know, the kids that later on came up to me and said, uh, you, you, you like that music? So I, so I got fed up and I said, here, and this is, remember, Bob, this is going back to 1975 when I started the program. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. So I said, <laughs> yeah, right. So I said, here, here's an audio cassette tape. You record your music, your preferred music. And I'll play, I'll, I'll play that. And, you know, I mean, they brought in like, you know, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, you know, people like that, and, you know, top 10 pop pop music and stuff. And so uh, that's what I did. I played uh, what they what they liked. Then I but then I did add, you know, some other things. Um, I played uh, like Native American uh, flute music, um, uh, meditation, music for meditation, uh, new age, some kind of new age music uh, without words. I didn't want any words uh, uh, at that point and, and and they were good with it and uh, and by that time they were you know I mixed it up so they couldn't complain that I'm you know favoring my you know just my music and stuff whoa so so they were were they just into it I mean it's it's I I have done similar things with very small groups but I knew the people very well and I didn't move it as you moved it to such an important, uh, both verbal linguistic and, and uh, self-reflective curriculum, were the students 
uh, into it from the beginning? Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, they, you know, I mean, you have to understand too, uh, Bob, that the, the school was a little, uh, you know, out of hand at times. And, uh, you know, we, we made the uh, papers, New York Times, you know, for not always, not the greatest reasons, you know, so uh, to, to bring some peace, you know, inner peace um, during the contemplation lessons uh, w w really worked. They they appreciated, uh, you know, uh, you know, putting their heads down and listening to sounds and, uh, uh, you know, and 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 relaxing and stuff. I, I mean, but originally though, Bob, when I started the program, I just played music to to calm them down after lunch. But then after a while, I said, Nah, you, you're getting this is too easy for you, you know. And I added the writing component. And also um, administrators walking into the room, see see their heads on the desk, eyes closed, and I'm playing music. And he said, "What are you doing? You're not you're not teaching here, you know." So uh, I I, right. I started with that was writing. yeah, that was my next question because um, and we have to remember this is New York City public schools, seventies, eighties, and did you stay in the public school system through the nineties and the OOs? When did you leave the public school system? I started actually in in um, sixty eight, and I retired in oh um, two. Whoa, and 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 so y y the school obviously, as well as uh, the programs from uh, you know the uh, what's the right word the briefs the intentions of administrators changes radically during those times. Did you what kinds of uh, challenges did you run into from the administrative level? <laughs> well, I don't want to uh, <laughs> uh, you know uh, uh, criticize the administration, uh, um, you, you know, but the, the the good thing, Bob, with my school is that I I could do my thing. I, I could do such a program like contemplation writing with the kids. You know, possibly in other schools, uh, it might not have, you know, happened. The administrators uh, might not have uh, appreciated it. But uh, uh, this was such a workable program and doable program. Uh, and, I, and I showed it in, in, a, in a professional development uh, period with the uh, with the teachers and they, and they loved it, you know, um, but I didn't get outside of myself. I did, I, I stayed with it in the class and, um, but I, I never had any complaints, uh, from parents and stuff. Uh, you know, it was all, it was all good. Yeah. And, and no, how, what did you notice, uh, academically? Um, it was, was there an, um, I get there was an interest, obviously, which always improves academics. Did you notice any other particular changes? Yeah, well, for, for example, like, I mean, they're doing a lot of visualization um, when they're listening to music and stuff. And um, when I gave them uh, this, uh, the contemplate, the student contemplation questionnaire, you know, I asked them, well, what, what did you get out of this uh, program? What, what good things uh, happened then? Uh, uh, a bunch of the kids answered, "Well, uh, my reading got better. I uh, and because in, in reading you're doing the same thing. Uh, you're reading words and you're you're translating the words into images. I mean, if you're not doing that, uh, you're not having any fun reading, or you're not motivated to read." 
So, Jeffrey, I am a veteran of New York City public schools, and I know how disruptive a class can be at times, and I certainly was a major disruptor. <laughs> I, I think I'm still doing it, maybe a little <laughs> bit more civilized now. But, I mean, I was really sharp with a spitball and a straw, let me tell you. So... <laughs> So so I'd like to ask you, you know, your work is so fantastic and it brings kids into such self-reflection and such a big part of themselves. What effect did it have on the interpersonal dynamics in the class? Yeah, you, you want what you're teaching the whole class and you want like you're saying, well, you were an, an interrupter, uh, disturbance at times in the classroom. So um, you have issues. You have kids with issues, and not even uh, behavioral uh, issues, uh, but uh, focusing issues. So when I stand in front of the classroom, and like with 35 kids in front of, in front of me, I know if they're there or they're not there as a whole. Um, and, and there was no way, I think, I think you had mentioned this before, about like, you know, demanding, you know, attention, say, all right, pay attention now when uh, I'm teaching. Um, I, 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 I wanted this all to come uh, internally. And uh, that's what happened with the, uh, the concentration, the contemplation program. In fact, now that I mentioned the word um, concentration, <laughs> from the contemplation program, I, I got into a whole program called Concentration Workouts, uh, which is a whole series. I, I, in fact, I have a book on this uh, of different uh, concentration exercises. For example, I, I, you might have done this as a kid. The, we used to play uh, when we were bored out of our brains uh, the staring contest or staring game, and we would stare at each other eyeball to eyeball, and the first person who would crack up loses. So this is what I uh, to develop <laughs> concentration. I had them stare, you know, pick partners and stare at each other for about, I don't know, about 10 minutes, you know, and- 10 and, minutes, that's yeah, a while. Yeah, right, I wanted to, you know, I, I, I wanted to really, you know, test their concentration, because I know that, you know, they would lose it, but that was the whole point. I said, so good, just keep staring at each other when you lose your concentration, bring it back, you know, relax yourself, bring it back, start focusing again. Uh, and then they and then they wrote about it, and then we discussed it. You know, we discussed you know losing losing concentration and regaining it. So that's the one of the main purposes uh, of the the whole contemplation program is to get this internal system working and and clear, and uh, that there's no internal disruptions uh, when a kid is sitting there, you know, listening um, to uh, you know what I'm teaching, what's going on. That's that's just amazing, and you were able to pull this off inside of the New York City public school system, and the I guess the the administrators uh, appreciated it. Your fellow teachers did other teachers pick up on what you were doing and try to bring their own version of this to to the table? No, 
<laughs> no, uh, no, no, I, I, no. They, I, I, the, no, the most no I good did, idea goes uh, goes on. Uh, I goes, didn't. Whatever I didn't, that is. No, but yeah. I, you know, um, a lot of it, uh, you know, I worked on my own, and um, you know, and what I did was I wrote articles uh, about the, the 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 program and stuff, but. Uh, um, that was it. I didn't, you know, the teachers liked it. They saw when I was at one point, I had a, a creative writing program. Uh, I think it was, they called it at that time, a whole language program. And I was the, the cluster teacher that went around from grade two to six and, and taught all this, uh, you know, the contemplation writing and concentration workouts. And the teachers liked it. I mean, I, I know that they appreciated it because they did comment on the fact that, uh, you know, they, there was, uh, you know, some improvement coming from that, but it was only, you know, once a week. So when you uh, multiply that five times a week for 180 days, um, the, the kids, you know, I gave them something that they could take away with them, bah, you know, for, for a lifetime, uh, because when they went through this stuff for, for 180 days, they, they came out and they were focused and they were li living in, in present time. It's teaching story time. Briefly, teaching stories invite us to see the world with a new perspective. Often featuring a wise fool or trickster animal, they can be humorous with many shades of meaning shining through the story. I have told teaching stories for the past 40 years with great effect, not only for the listener, but for me as I have learned so much about myself through recounting these stories. Today's teaching story is called, Now We're Even. One day, the wise fool was walking along the ledge of a short barrier that surrounded a lake. Lost in the beauty of his surroundings, he began to lose his balance. Another man on his morning walk saw the wise fool teetering on the wall and swiftly grabbed his arm, pulling him to safety. Thank you very much, said the wise fool, shaking the man's hand. I'd be drenched now if it weren't for you. Anytime, said the man, I'm always happy to help. A few days later, the wise fool was minding his own business at the market by the very same lake, when the man who saved him came running up to shake his hand. Remember me? I was the one who saved you from getting drenched in the lake. The wise fool was somewhat irked by the man's enthusiasm, but decided to humor him and shook his hand back and thanked the man a second time. The next week, however, the wise fool met the man by the lake once more. Remember me? I was the one who saved you from getting drenched in the lake. The wise fool, completely fed up, walked over to the lake and threw himself in. Seconds later, his head lifted above the water and he pulled himself out. After regaining his composure for a moment, he approached the man, his clothes soaking wet. There, said the wise fool, now we're even. Let's have some fun interpreting this teaching story. Become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com remarkableeducators and you have access to our detailed comments on how this story applies to education and parenting. Of course, that's just our perspective. The fun comes with community dialogue as the many shades of the teaching story come alive. See you there. Jeffrey, you were there from 68 uh, to 2002 and as a person myself who has taught graduate school to educators and uh, been 
asked the burnout question time and time again and actually worked with people deeply on how not to burn out. Mm -hmm. What about yourself? I mean, uh, that's such a long stretch. And I know there were challenges in class size and and those kinds of things. So how, how did you deal with that? It, it, it wasn't easy. There, you know, every day... Every day was a new day, and you never you never knew what was going to happen. I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, there's, there's so many crazy things uh, that happen. I'll give you a story here. What the heck? Um, I'm sitting in the in the room early in the morning to you know preparing my lessons. It was around I would say seven fifteen, and and they always used to say, oh yeah, Flaum, Flaum opens up the school, you know. So that's when I did my that's when I did my best thinking and stuff. So anyway, so I'm, I'm sitting there writing up a, 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 some lesson and uh, the doors open and I, 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 I look towards the door doorway and uh, all there is like, a, you know, a black smoke. I say, this is n- this is not the right picture that I want to look at here. And I, I go I, I go to the, I go into the hallway. It's totally filled up with smoke. Uh, I run down to the custodian and I say, hey. <laughs> this something's going on here. Something's burning here. The whole entire hallway was on fire. A kid got into the school and and lit up uh, one of the bulletin boards, you know. And uh, you know, so just to, these are the kind of things that uh, that get, that could happen at at, at the school, and unfortunately, so. Um, you know, you were dealing with a lot of issues there with, you know, I mean, the, the issue of a, t- of a teacher is between he or she and the class, but it, it, it spiraled out to, you know, the school as a whole, the district as a whole. And um, so you were dealing with a, a very complicated situation beyond just simply teaching that, you know, you had to hold your own and, 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 and you know, that... And, you know, that became very, you know, at a certain point, uh, I did burn out. And, uh, uh, you know, when I uh, actually, uh, um, you know, in my synagogue, um, there, one, of the, one of the people there, his father was um, Freudenberger, Dr. Freudenberger. I don't know if you ever, well, I, can't, I can't think of his, of his first name. He was, I, 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 I did meet with him after we were talking about burnout. He wrote. He wrote the book. He termed the term burnout. Uh huh. He he was <laughs> he was he was the man. You know. Uh, um, you know. But uh, my my solution to the problem was I didn't. You know, to the burnout was I did take a, a leave of absence for a year, and like I said, and and many people. Uh, rather than burn out, you know, left, you know, leave. I mean, that's like a common statistic. Uh, they would leave before before f- five years. After like one, two, or three years, they would leave teaching because they they just couldn't handle it. And um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do with uh, you know my 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 program, not just for the kids, but for educators. And I, I was telling you about uh, right uh, the the college program that I have. Uh, called Right Away to Self-Awareness, which puts all my programs down uh, in a weekly basis uh, uh, to develop a, a, what, what I call it, like a, a, a contemplative, uh, communi- communicating uh, teacher, uh, something to that effect that, uh, you know, teachers are equipped with uh, the skills, uh, 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 communication skills, internal and external, that they can 
handle the situation and uh, whatever they get into uh, because they, they have been trained. And this is this is something that, you know, is not, I don't think is taught in uh, undergraduate ed or graduate. Oh, absolutely uh, not. I mean, I, and you would know, I you would, would know. know. Yes. I mean, yeah. So um, is that available? Can people buy it or access it, that curriculum that you've developed? I'm wor- Actually, I, I spoke with somebody here. Um, he's, uh, oh, a dean at uh, um, Western Colorado State University. And I did send him, he's looking at at the uh, the program right now uh, and uh, to see if, it, you know, if, if they would want to do it. They're a pretty, you know, uh, 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 innovative and progressive school because I, I looked over their curriculum and they, I, I really like their, their coursework. And it, he said it's not a bad place to study either. It's beautiful where the uh, university is uh, situated. And but he's looking it over to see if it could. I would do it like distance uh, learning uh, course. So um, yeah, that that's what I'm trying to get out there. And I and I think this would 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 help teachers rather than just the uh, um, you know um, classroom practice. There, this this gets them into their head and uh, uh, and hopefully gives them the the skills, the emotional intelligence skills. And the social um, emotional learning skills to 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 deal and handle um, students. Well, if it becomes publicly available, please let me know because I would love I to share it with our listeners, of course. And I want to remind our listeners that you can find all the links for Jeffrey uh, at um, at at the homepage for meetings with remarkable uh, educators, re- meetingswithremarkableeducators.com. And there'll be pictures and his links and a pretty extensive uh, biography as well. So, mm. so, Jeffrey, you and I are both fans of Richard Lewis. He was, the, he was a guest uh, on this podcast. He infiltrated the New York City public schools <laughs> for, he told me, it's his 50-year anniversary, which, I mean, mm. they should build the statue to him, except he wouldn't even like that, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but how, I know how he's inspired me. Can you tell us a little bit about how he's inspired you? Because in the podcast, we love for the cross fertilization, and we love to get good ideas out there. So, tell us a little about that. Well, he get you know, um, he he just the things I remember right now uh, are, are the different you know pathways that he would uh, motivate kids to get into their creativity. I mean, um, my uh, and that uh, it was totally different uh, than what I do. Uh, my program is uh, uh, more like systematic. I'm 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 basically giving them a, a tool that they can use, a creative tool that they can use uh, for whatever uh, subject: uh, writing, reading, uh, uh, art. Um, uh, that they can, you know, go to internally to to develop their their skills. Um, it, it, it wasn't exactly the the, the same approach, uh, but it, all I can say is what what I remember honestly. And I did listen to the the, the podcast with with Richard. Is that it's a it's just a super creative uh, uh, approach uh, um, that. Uh, We'll, we'll get kids to do a lot of amazing things uh, in, in writing and, po- and poetry. Uh, uh, 
I think I think uh, Bob that he if I'm, I'm not mistaken that the the uh, if he was the author I could be wrong on this here uh, the books called uh, uh, Miracles which was uh, I don't know if he was the editor of that and that was a big book in the 60s with all you know kids writings uh, you know from a, like elementary level I think through high school uh, which was a big bestseller at that time and uh, um, but so he he's done some amazing work there. That's uh, you, you know the best I can uh, recall at this point. Great. Well, thank you very much for that. And you've indicated a little bit of what you've what you're up. Well, before we go there, what's been the long term effect for your students? Have is does opening their creativity carry on after they leave you? And how would you know? And just what's going on there? Mm. Well, one thing I can tell you is that I'm still in touch with with the students now on Facebook. Uh, uh, they're in their 40s and 50s, so <laughs> so I still I still communicate and I post articles uh, that I've written that you know that I taught them. Uh, uh, yeah. So and and uh, let, let's see. Um, yeah, uh, some of the kids, uh, you know, in terms of, of, of how they did, I mean, I have one w- one kid who couldn't write a lick and he was o- always felt bad. And I said, you know, uh, Jay, don't worry about it. You know, you're, you're a math genius. You know, you know more math in the sixth grade than I know. You know, so and, and he, 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 he works for a, a, a big Ernst & Young. <laughs> He's an investment uh, banker there doing doing quite well. So I, you know, and I kid him. I said, well, you know, you, you couldn't write poetry and stuff, but, you know, you didn't do too badly, <laughs> you know. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> one, one, one of the students became a top dis- DJ in New York, uh, N- Noel Speedy Mikado. Uh, he, he was on the air for about uh, 20 years, uh, WKTU-FM. There you go. Uh, yeah, you know, they got me one day. Uh, I'm walking into the school and it's early in the morning. I'm, I'm semi out of it. Uh, and um, uh, a, a van comes up, an all colored van. And a guy, you know, comes up to me and sticks a mic in front of my face. And uh, I say, OK, you know, and they, they say, well, uh, you're, you're Mr. Flaum. You were Noel Speedy Mikado's teacher. So I said, yeah, yeah. They say, well, what can you tell us about him? I, I said that he was a creative genius. And, uh, you know, they went nuts, you, you know, so they, they were all into, it was like a big joke there, but, uh, no, he did, he did quite, quite well. And, um, you know, a lot of the other kids though, you know, there are a few people that are therapists, they're lawyers, you know, so I, 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 I think that, uh, um, there's, there, there was not just, uh, there was an ac- definite academic, uh, part to this program as well as real life. It, it combined both academics and real life uh, skills that the kids got you know from from it fantastic i can't say i'm surprised i mean that would sort of follow but it's just so important for parents and other educators to understand that awakening the self-reflective processes and participating with them from their meaning structures out allows just uh, just a whole sense of confidence and ability and right to, to flourish right right well you mentioned confidence self-esteem uh self-efficacy or self-belief 
Um, all these things, uh, you know, when you make contact with yourself, you know, for better or for worse, even if it's if it's not good what what you see, you know, there there is a way. The, the whole purpose is uh, to to change it, and that, that at least you become aware of it, and 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 you can make changes in in your life. And the best time to do it is at a you know elementary or middle school uh, level before you even get into high school and and college. So uh, yeah, yeah, well spoken. So you've left you left in 2002 and I imagine you've just been sort of sitting on the beach and snoozing since. <laughs> no, no, I I couldn't um during during those years when I taught uh I, the best I could do was make it through the end of the day. I couldn't couldn't really write uh, anything uh and so when I retired in 02 for the last uh, 17 18 years I've been writing about all these uh, uh, programs. Um, I, I wrote a book. In fact, I, I took a, a sabbatical and I wrote a book uh, that contains all all these lessons called Experiences, Reflections, and Insights. And, um, you know, so uh, this, you know, I put that together amongst Is, is that available? That, is that available uh, publicly? Not at this. No, not at this. The, 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 the book that's available that I have out, and I think I, I, I sent you something on it, uh, is called Motivating Teen and Preteen Readers, How Parents and Teachers Can Lead the Way. Uh, it's published by Ro- Roman and uh, Littlefield Education. Uh, it's all about reading and whatnot, and again, it's, it follows suit with what what I've been doing uh, of getting into the internal processes of of reading and uh, uh, the purpose for reading and uh, uh, all uh, motivational uh, kind of thinking, uh, you know, for the uh, for the kids. But I, I've been writing on all these programs that I've mentioned here uh, uh, for the last uh, bunch of years. Yeah. Great. Okay, Jeffrey, let's stop again. Uh, is are your numbers still rolling? Oh, I'm suggesting you can you can just end it at this. Point. Uh, yes, they are. I'm at twelve thirteen. Great. Okay, so there's so okay. So picking it up again. So Jeffrey, I understand that the uh, Texas homeschool people are wanting your uh, advice. Is that correct? Yeah the um, the Texas Homeschool Coalition. Um, I, I've been dealing with them and they're terrific. And I put together, it's not up yet on their website, but, um, uh, uh, what I call it, the, the emotional intelligence, social and emotional learning project. And this again, gives them the, the contemplation work, the reflection work, uh, constantly concentration workouts and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I have great admiration for the uh, for the homeschooling people, you know, doing that on their own. And I and I think that this, you know, something that is coming, you know, I mean, they're great at teaching the basic subjects and stuff. But they they did show me that they're open to um, this this type of uh, thinking. And um, so uh, that uh, that's a huge site uh, by it has what is it, like 60,000 families and uh, like 139,000 individuals so it's a it's a it's a big big uh, website and uh, i'm you know really happy that, that uh, you know they want to introduce this uh, to their kids uh, yeah you know. 
Well, you know, uh, you don't know, but um, I started homeschooling myself in about 1982. Uh-huh. And then I, we, Josette and I created homeschooling collectives. And then we were keynoters at California Homeschooling Conference for years. Oh, so, uh-huh. So I'm a homes. I have tremendous respect and care, and I know a lot about the challenges in homeschooling. But I also brought this up because Terry Sperry, who has also been a podcast guest, hosts uh-huh. a site called Alt Ed Austin, and um, I'm definitely want to connect her with what you're doing there. She would love it. And, okay. Um, and I'm wondering, uh, can you give us uh, like some specific uh, website address or or just as it the Texas Homeschooling Coalition? How how do we find this? Yeah, that you. Yeah, if you just uh, Google uh, the Texas Homeschool Coalition website, that that should that that should definitely that should come up. Yeah. Wow. I I just everybody should go take a look at that and and participate in this. In in my in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. So Jeffrey, mm-hmm. we've come to the end of our podcast time here, and before I leave, I like to give uh, our guests a chance to say what they feel they haven't said or what you would say to parents or educators to help them move over to a more uh, self-reflective and relationship-based approach to education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I would say there is one thing, there is one website I would like to give you. Um, Can I give it to you now and then I'll get to that? Because otherwise I'm going to to forget. Yeah, because I think that these are all my articles and I, I think people will appreciate there's everything is there uh, bah. it's called independent dot academia dot edu slash flaum j and that's p is in peter f is in frank l a u m capital j independent.academia.edu slash flaum j and they will find <coughs> everything on there and i i will tell you that by this has been a, an eye opener for me because this is global and i'm get I, i'm getting hits from countries that i never heard of uh-huh. <laughs> well it is going I, uh, global josette and i have just been uh, invited to teach at uh, Sarah College in Dharmasala to work with young women, uh, young, uh, to work in their teacher's college and teach natural learning relationships uh, as part. Wow, that's great. That's great. Where where is that? Dharmasala is in the north part of India, and it's actually the Tibetan government in exile. And it's the Tibetan government that's invited us uh, to do this. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Hot stuff. That uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know if I can do it or not, but uh, which we're look, we've got really so- these letters with these cool seals on the bottom and everything. Uh huh. Yeah, right. That. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. But let me let me get you know. Um, now you asking about what um, uh, yeah. advice to, yeah. to, to, to parent? Well, you know, I, this this is a skill. Look, this is not always a, a recognized skill. Um, in you know for the schools, although you as you well know that it is catching you know on uh, 
especially with mindfulness, meditation and stuff. I mean, that's slowly, uh, I wouldn't say it's mainstream, but a lot of, a lot of schools are taking this up and, and, and doing this here. And if you're, you know, uh, a parent, uh, uh, of a kid that's going to public school or private school, parochial school, um, uh, this this is a skill that you can do with your kids, and uh, one of the as I mentioned, one of the the, the uh, uh, post articles that I have is uh, how uh, parents can use uh, uh, music to change their kids' lives, and um, it just gives you the whole procedure how to you know uh, set that up with your kids, and and it, you know it, this is up close and personal. So if you really want to develop uh, uh, communication skills, communication with your kids and, and with yourself, your kids and, and together, um, this, this will do it. But I mean, uh, this is, you know, this takes, uh, some, some courage and it's a, it's a challenge, but I think that it, it would, it would really work. And, and, and these skills of, uh, contemplation, visualization, concentration don't, they're important skills. They're a subject in and of themselves, even though you, you don't have a course called, you know, concentration, the art of concentration or, or the art of listening. I have a whole, I didn't even mention, it, I have a whole program on listening skills, how, how to develop uh, listening, you know, it's, uh, you know, because I'm going basic because I don't assume that anybody has, has these skills just because you have ears doesn't mean that you listen or that you hear. So I, I, I mean, I go into everything there and, and, and these, you can, uh, you know, you, you you can teach these these skills uh, to your children, and um, and and they they they'll go a long way to developing their their academic skills. Thank you, Jeffrey, and thank you so much for uh, your time today, your wisdom, and your commitment and your care. It just comes through in every word, and we're just so appreciative of your time on Meetings with Remarkable Educators. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you for having me, and uh, it, it gives me a chance to, you know, when I talk, and, and, and it, 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 I, I hear myself, and uh, I, I can see <laughs> what I'm doing, you know, uh, uh, it's a mirror for me, so uh, it, it, it's been really good uh, talking with you and hearing about and, and what you and, and the work you and Josette are doing as well, for sure. Meetings with Remarkable Educators is brought to you in part by our friends and supporters on Patreon. If you enjoy our podcast and want access to enriching gifts for parents and educators, please visit patreon.com slash remarkable educators. That's all one word, remarkable educators, and consider becoming a patron. Your support means the world to us and will allow us to continue this essential project. Our sound engineer is Dimitri Young. Our webmaster is Nathan Young. And transcription and production is by Josette Lovemore. All podcasts are transcribed with show notes and can be found at remarkable-educators.com. This is Bob Lovemore reminding you that holistic relationships with children leads to joy and self-knowledge with the adults in their lives. With respect for you and for children everywhere, see you next time.